Hi everyone, just before we begin this podcast, I would like to mention our brilliant sponsor, ANL Goodbody. ANL Goodbody is a leading Irish corporate law firm and one which really recognizes the importance of their graduate recruitment program. They have recently been voted the most popular graduate employer in law for the 10th year in a row. If you are looking for the chance to develop your career in a supportive, innovative and collaborative environment, ANL Goodbody can provide this in a modern, exciting, diverse and friendly surrounding. And I would really recommend you check out their graduate recruitment opportunities. Today, I am delighted to be speaking with Joe O'Sullivan. Joe is the Client Technology Director at ANL Goodbody, where he helps set the vision for the innovation and client technology strategy. He is responsible for leading innovation and business transformation through the adoption and implementation of next generation technologies. Previously, Joe was head of IT innovation within Allianz Partners and has 21 years of experience in senior management roles. Hi, Joe. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Isabel. Good to be here. Um, so I think this podcast in particular is really interesting to me just because it's the first time I've interviewed someone who's in tech. I'm kind of used to doing barristers and solicitors and people who have studied law for their undergrad. And you're a little bit different from that. Um, so let's just start with the question I always start at the, at the beginning of an interview, which is you're in Leaving Cert, you're thinking about what you want to do, you're thinking about where you want to do it. So what was your decision there? Yeah, I mean, that's going back a bit, but I think uh, fundamentally for me, I suppose, I, I was the youngest of a large family, so I had a, a good set of examples and peers ahead of me working across the different industries from mechanical construction, civil service, language and the arts. So it gave me a good choice to kind of choose amongst and say, look, this is something I want to do or something I don't want to do. But for me, I suppose at the Leaving Cert, I kind of was of an engineering mindset. I think all my life, I always wanted to know how things work. So for me, engineering was kind of a clear choice. So it was in electronic engineering that I kind of majored in college. So from there, really, I think it was a natural enough progression into, into the technical space. And how did you find college? Were you super involved in uh, no, I think a little bit of both, really. I think there was definitely times you'd like to kind of uh, mingle and kind of get out there and kind of get to see and experience college life to its fullest degree as much as you can. Um, so definitely that part of the college experience was a great one for me. Um, obviously, I think with ele electronic engineering, it's a, it's a challenging course. It's, it's demanding on your time, but look very rewarding at the end of it because I think it gave you great exposure to lots of different things, both on the software and hardware side. But for me, I think it was an easy fit with my personality, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so you left college then, and what, what was the next step for you? Yeah, the, the interesting one, actually, I was thinking about this before the interview, and I think for me, the you know a lot of my class kind of, and if I look back on them now, a lot of them are still in the kind of electronic hardware space. Um, I had the kind of good fortune of joining a company that had a little bit of mix of both, so my career took me down a slightly different path, probably from half my class, and that it took me more into the software side of the experience set. Um, and for me, I wanted to get experience, first of all, with kind of a large multinational company. So get exposure to the basics of understanding of what, you know, what it takes to, to run a large company, to work in a large company, and to be part of that experience. So that was kind of a definite choice at, at my stage of leaving college. Um, and I think in retrospect, it was it was a good one because it gave me a great grounding in terms of how to do things properly and at scale and at a global level. Yeah, I was talking to someone today and I was saying that I was going to interview you and you worked in tech and you were working in A&L Goodbody. And they kind of said, what, why, why are you talking to someone in tech in A&L Goodbody? And then I had to explain, oh, he's come from an engineering background and now it's a big, 
um, massive firm that needs tech. But how how did you get to that point where now you're working in a law firm? Yeah, uh, it's a. I can give you the long answer, or the short answer, but I suppose the long Go one. Go for really the long answer. Of, yeah, that's what we're the, here the, the long answer. Yeah, I suppose like my first experience. That's really we're in the in, in industry and telecommunications industry. So working as a as an engineer in that space, giving me exposure to what those industries do and how to build and and create products that those customers would use. I think that was great, but it got to a point, I suppose, where I wanted something different and I, I wanted a kind of change and you know something something more challenging. So I kind of left the, the large telecommunications company and I joined a small startup. I think for me, that was a, a major formative step in terms of my career because you went from having a really structured environment to the one where you were responsible for everything. You know, you didn't have coffee, you went out and bought it. You needed to do prep for a big deal with a client, you did it. So it was, it was really the opposite side of the, of the spectrum from working in a large company to a much smaller one, but it was fantastic. It exposed you to so much and so many different ways of working and so many different challenges that it really kind of opened up my, my mindset. Um, from there, I suppose, again, I stuck with the kind of small startup, working with Irish startups, really worked from you know, out of the telecom space and more so into the retail banking space. So I joined a small startup back in 2004 and Back then, I suppose, really, it was it was a new industry for me, uh, new responsibilities, but it also, I suppose, exposed me to a kind of a little bit more of a mature organization. It was coming back up the curve a little bit, a little bit more of a mature startup versus the first one I worked with. But again, similar challenges. And, and luckily enough, I suppose, or maybe unluckily, depending on your perspective, over the space of about 18 months, you know, back in the early 2000s, Software and IT was it was a hot industry and a lot of acquisitions happened. So in the space of 18 months, I actually worked for three different companies. And in the space of you know that time, I didn't move desks once. So it was right there, but a small fish had a big fish and a bigger fish eventually landed. And I suppose at that point in my career, things kind of changed in the sense that I moved away from the pure engineering side and focused more on the managerial side. So I started to get into kind of leadership roles, team leadership roles, managing geographically dispersed teams. And basically working my way up the managerial path as opposed to the pure technical path. So I think for your audience kind of listening to this, it's probably, you know, it's a pivot point. Many people will probably face in their careers, whatever they start out in, they will have a choice of ending up as a subject matter expert in that or going a managerial route and becoming more of a management expert, if I could call it that. And so for me, that kind of career path kept going. And uh, where it led me to, I suppose, ultimately, um, was kind of in a in a role where I was spending more time looking at the strategy and the evolution of a product rather than actually building it, as I was when I was an engineer. Um, that ultimately led, I suppose, to you know a few roles as a senior manager in a variety of different companies. But where it kind of um, where it led me to now really is that you know I'd seen the advantages that technology can bring. I'd built technology. I'd worked in technology. But the key thing was it's an application in business, you know, solving problems for business in, in real, real life. That's what the value of technology is. And so in my role before this one, I was managing an innovation team that basically was looking at how you could bring technology to bear across a variety of different industries and showing how those industries could change and adapt to the challenges of using technology. And that's very much exactly what I'm doing here in Analco Body as well. You might say, well, what's an engineer doing inside an in a you know large law firm, but the legal industry in general, unlike the banking industry, for example, hasn't been that disrupted by by digital technologies. You know, banking has been completely disrupted by the likes of N26, Revolut, all those kind of new incumbents into the platforms. You know, the, the legal industry for a while was a bit of an island, not facing that challenge. 
but that's really changed in the last four or five years. You know, clients are demanding more of a digital experience. How we deliver our legal services is becoming more and more digital. And through the sheer volume of data and volume of documents, you can't continue to just have people involved and throw people at it. You have to bring technology to do some of the heavy lifting. So that's what brought me to NL Good, Good Body today because that's exactly what I do. So I help change and, and drive change the business for the better in terms of legal technology adoption within legal practice or adopting to what the client needs are in terms of their digital customer experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that was a, a very concise, long summary. I felt like you were summarizing years in that. Yes, that absolutely, in a sentence there, yeah. <laughs> Invaluable. Um, you keep mentioning the word innovation. So was that, it's a bit of a buzzword these days. And, yeah. and was that something that you'd always been interested in or did that kind of kick in when you moved to startups? Uh, I think it started there. And I think, again, it probably matured probably in, in the latter part of my career. And I suppose it came about really as, as, as a consequence of having been on many sides of the, of the divide. So having built product, having used product, having you know, seen people's reaction to it, it kind of crystallized in the latter years because the challenge was actually bringing that to bear in business. Because everyone likes the things that technology can do for them, but doesn't necessarily understand how it got there, how it was built, whereas I knew both sides. I suppose bringing together that, that experience that really turns it into innovation for me, it is very much a buzzword for sure, and it can mean a lot of different things to many different people. But for me, it's really practical. It's really hands-on. It's solving problems for the business that they can't solve without it. And that really grounds it because it, it's not a theory, it's not a strategy. It's, I have a problem today that I can't fix without the use of technology. So that's then bringing to bear the, the, the skills you have and, and the technology you have to, to solve that. And then I'm thinking about how in your role, you, you said that your, your job is basically to in, improve the efficiency of the firm and, and find technology for clients and for the firm. But how do you go about finding that strategy? Do people pitch to you? Do you research? Do you see, watch your competitors? How, how do you adopt these new technologies? Yeah, all of the above, really. I think we obviously look at how we deliver legal services ourselves today. Um, we always find ways to enhance and improve that internally. But I suppose what we're seeing are the biggest drivers today is, is our clients. Our clients come to us with a large transaction or a large deal that mandates that we change in how we deliver not only the legal services, but the, the supporting collateral with that. You know, Some transactions could be involved thousands and thousands of documents. How do you distill that information down so that you know, the legal team can look at it succinctly and clearly and get to the point fast. That's what our clients want to get to ultimately. Um, so we help deliver that and we help work with our clients to understand what the pain points are and understand ways to change the business to make those pain points disappear. And then another thing I was thinking about is, yes, I'll, I have a question, don't worry about um, where law is going in the future with technology, but I'll get to that later. But what I was wondering is, how is Ireland positioned compared to magic circle firms or compared to the big firms over in the US or Australia? Are we very much keeping up with them? Like I know, and I think we all know that Ireland is a bit of a hub for MNCs and a hub for um, all this development, but where are we on the law side of things with technology? I think we're in a pretty good position. And this is something that we, and that I kind of keep a close eye on. And we've got obviously connections with, with a lot of the UK magic circle firms as well. And our, and our colleagues in Australia. So 
the benchmark for me really has always been measuring ourselves against that. And I think if you look at the capabilities we have in Ireland in general, and speaking for the firm as well, I think we're certainly on a level playing pitch in terms of our approach and our capabilities. There isn't many skills that we don't have in-house today that many of the other magic circle firms don't have. So you know, we're a level boat in terms of that sense. I think the difference might be in terms of the global reach, but that's just a function of the, of the Irish market. Um, I think the industry is kind of being forced to change. And I think you know, you're seeing that at the, at the outset, maybe from the magic circle firms in particular. You know, they're probably a little bit ahead of us on this, but again, we're not, you know, by any means, years or, or we're probably only months behind what they're thinking in, in terms of what they're doing and in terms of the solutions they have. Um, the US market for us is probably not as a, a big a focus area right now. It probably would be UK and Europe and Australia would be the main kind of frames of reference for me at least. Um, but I'd be confident in saying we're, we're capable of matching and, and, and competing with those firms on an equal basis. And then moving more towards you and, and your career and your personal career, how, what is your favorite thing or what's the most satisfying thing about your job? I think the most satisfying thing for me is actually seeing the value that they can bring in terms of people's day-to-day lives. Um, a lot of the time, you know, solicitors and law firms have a lot of challenging legal work that needs thinking time to put aside to actually work out the problem. But there's a huge cohort of that, both for ourselves and for our clients, that's actually pretty mundane work, you know, stuff that's just administrative, stuff that it necessarily, it has to be done, but it's not adding a huge amount of value. When you can take that burden away from somebody and actually give them back their time or give their clients back better information quicker, the value in, in that, for me, is why I do this job, because it's really bringing to bear what technology can do for a business taking away some of the blockers that you know people have to do every day and enabling them to do and deliver better services. And that's been a consistent team, I suppose, through my last few roles. It's looking at the art of the possible, showing the business how it can be achieved for them and then helping them do that. And yeah. it's almost like a shoe size. Once you go up a size, you can't go back. So that's the value add for me because once you do a thing a new way and you know, the challenge is actually making that happen, but once you're in the new way of doing it, no one's going to go back to the old way. And that, that's the value add for me. And then everyone listening to the podcast knows that A&L Goodbody talked to your firm. Um, but you individually, what, what's your favorite thing about A&L Goodbody? I think for me, the thing that strikes me is the opportunity here. And I suppose the, the collaborative nature of the firm. I think, you know, coming into a business, not being a lawyer, being a technologist in, in background was probably... You know, you might say that's not going to be easy, but to be fair, it's been very welcoming and all the practice groups have looked at this as an opportunity to grow not only their own client relationship, but their own delivery and legal services. So for me, that's been one of the great things. It's been very collegial, very, very open and very willing to look at change and, and make the change. Um, and I think as well, what I like about the firm is that, you know, we have started thinking about this ahead of time. So we're not waiting to react to what others are doing. We're actually Cut our own, cutting our own plot here and forming a marketplace ourselves. And I think that's really important because, you know, I've seen in the past where you can spend a long time trying to catch up with your competitors, but it's, you know, it's more important to get ahead of the curve here and, and be in a place where you are leading the market as opposed to following the market. And I think that's, that's the other thing that I like about here because as well as being collegial, we're actually looking ahead and planning for the future and realizing the change is coming and we have to be part of that. 
And I think the question I'm going to ask now would be very relevant to any of the listeners, law or non-law listening. And I might be catching you on the hop slightly asking you this, but why, what do you think sets A&L Goodbody apart from the other firms? And why would you prefer to work there over, you know, even in a different industry in any other firm? Yeah, that's a good question, I suppose. I asked myself, why, why did I take this role really in a way? And why would I work for A&L Goodbody and, and not another firm? I think it goes back to the last point I was saying. It's the, it's the foresight of seeing that this type of disruption and this type of change is inevitable in the legal industry. And it's the willingness to put investment into, into that ahead of time and actually be in a position where you're not reacting to something, but you have a plan for it and you, you're already ahead of the curve. So for me, I think the ANL Goodbody presented that opportunity. And I think its willingness to, to look ahead and plan ahead was what attracted me to the role. Um, I think versus other firms in Dublin, I think I would still rate us very much ahead of the curve in terms of many of the technology offerings we offer our clients today. And perhaps again, you know, um, on an equal footing with many of UK uh, Magic Circle firms as well. And then what personally would motivate you in your career? What personally motivates me? I think, first of all, I think... um, I suppose, towards the latter part of my career. The early part of the career was probably learning and knowledge and, and you know, getting the experience set under my belt. That was a major motivating factor. Learning how to become a good engineer by, by, by doing it yourself or by looking at how the best companies do it. Now, I think what motivates me is, was the satisfaction that you know, what we do makes a change. Mm. Um, and that is probably a big sentence to say, but it actually has, again, practical ramifications. What we do here changes people you know in terms of how they work and how they deliver services and to be at the vanguard of that to be you know pushing those boundaries is what really you know gets me kind of uh, engaged and, and enthusiastic about the role because you know there's not many industries that still are in that part of their growth you know banking is probably come and gone in that space the legal industry is still one that's it's growing and that excites me and that's what that's what motivates me to to do what i do what would you say, looking back on what you've done in the firm, what would you say, you, uh, you know, a tech, a certain tech strategy or a certain thing that you brought in that you're most proud of or that, that brought the most change or that was the most influential in the firm? Um, I think there's probably, there's one that kind of strikes me as a kind of a, one that kind of resonated well with, with, with COVID as well, I suppose, when it hit us maybe two years ago, um, you know, we had been doing a lot of work with e-signatures at that time. We had invested a lot of time and energy in bringing, bringing to bear a product that was probably not necessarily new to the marketplace, but it was certainly, you know, new to the firm and, and new to the industries in general. Um, luckily, we had that, you know, in good shape just before COVID landed. And when it did land, I suppose it was great to be able to say, look, this capability is there. It's ready for use. And the firm really embraced it and adopted it as part of the kind of remote working capability. So it's not a huge industry example, but it's a, it's a classic example of being, being ahead of the curve, having the right technology at the right time in the right place before the business needs it. And that in essence is what client technology is all about. It's, it's planning ahead, looking for that gap in the market, filling it so that it's ready for the business to use when they need it. So for me, you know, it's not a huge technology experience, but it certainly was one that really added value to the business and helped the business keep going through a pretty major, you know, um, I suppose, challenging environment for, for many companies across the globe. 
And did you find that moving, that such an abrupt moving where everyone was was at home and uh, emailing IT services a lot? Were you under, did you make a lot of changes in the firm very quickly and introduce, introduce a lot of new technology? Yeah, I think there was definitely, you know, there was a definitely cutover period there. So, you know, my colleagues in the IT department would have been, you know, facing a lot of calls from, you know, people needing to get laptops and desktops and all that set up. For us in client technology, really, it was about making sure that the products we had, you know, were understood, manageable, accessible by, by people working from home. And so it was probably a lot of more education, perhaps in some cases, just telling people that the capability was there. Um, but in many, in many cases, it was just helping people through it, getting people used to the idea, supporting them through the kind of the challenging pieces of understanding the technology and helping them get, get to terms with it. Um, I think that was the major change for us, but I think it also was, there was a positive side to that as it really reinforced and showed the advantages technology can bring, you know, these signatures is a, is a classic example of that. Had we not had that at the time COVID hit, we would be reacting to it and having to roll out something very quickly. Um, but it also showed, you know, remote home, remote working, you know, the capabilities of sharing collaborative uh, environments, the ability to get access to information quickly, all those things you wouldn't necessarily take, you know, you would take them for granted if you were in the office, but when you're remote, you certainly have to learn new things and learn new ways. That opened people's minds to change and opens people's minds to transformation and I suppose it encourages more of it in the future. Yeah, and I guess the next question I was going to ask conveniently links quite well to how you wrap that up, but the I'm sure you're sick of this question. I'm sure you get it all the time, but looking at the future of law and everyone says is, you know, do lawyers even have a purpose anymore? Will technology just take over? Um, but where do you think it's going and, and how influential do you think tech is going to be in compared to, you know, human manpower? Yeah, I do get asked this question a lot. And I think that it is, you know, rest assured, there will always be the need for lawyers and humans to actually be part of, of society and, and deliver value-added services, that's not going away and it won't. But I think the reality is that there is technology out there today that is doing some of the work that lawyers used to do in the past. An example might be contract analysis. You know, there is technology that is actively in use today that can look at a contract, find a clause of a certain type within it within a matter of seconds. And you might say that's no big deal when you've one contract to do, and it isn't. But you have a thousand contracts that need to get reviewed before tomorrow at midnight, and you have to find 15 clauses in those or their, or their absence, then it's a much bigger task. Technology is there to help do that, and it can do it, and it is doing it today. So I think the role of the lawyer will change. It will always be needed, but there will be a huge component of a lawyer's role that will involve technology to bring them to the right point, to bring them to the right answer. And that's inevitable because, you know, documents are not getting smaller. There isn't less data than there was 10 years ago. You know, there isn't a need to have things done quicker, more effectively, more efficient. All those things are actually there and are continuing to increase or increase in pressure. So technology will have to play a part in it. I think lawyers of the future will, you know, and we have, you know, deliberately designed our kind of our seat system around that, need to experience that. They need to get the flavor of it and they need to get comfortable with it because it is something that every firm, no matter how big or small it is, will be faced with in the future. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, so I'm in a law degree at the moment and I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to graduate having never had one sort of IT class or any sort of tech class. Um, so would you, if you were to, you know, well, what skill set do you think 
would set people apart if they're leaving college? What could they, you know, they might have to teach themselves if they're in a law degree, but what would you recommend that people go in, you know, into the recruitment space? What skills with? Um, I think the fundamental office skills are a must have. So what I mean by that, Microsoft Word, obviously most people will know inside out, but I broaden that out to Excel, really important piece of, you know, your office kit and PowerPoint, because those three things you'll spend most of your time in as a lawyer. From there, I would probably broaden it out to try and get a, a general knowledge of how the legal industry is being disrupted by technology today. So not necessarily focusing on coding or one particular product, but just doing a bit of R&D to see how firms like ours are actually employing technology today and how they deliver legal services. That would already give you, you know, a better picture of how business of the future is going to be conducted. I think from there, really, it's, you know, looking at your speciality, looking at the technology that's being deployed in that speciality, if it's property or litigation or, or commercial, you know, there are niches out there in terms of offerings that cover those kind of domains. Have a look at that and look at what the market is offering in those spaces and at least be familiar with them before you take your next step. And I suppose within ANL Good Buddy, we've, we've thought about that as part of our, you know, our trainee program as well. So we have a dedicated client tech trainee seat specifically set up for that because we believe lawyers in the future will need to be exposed to this. So we have set up a client technology seat where trainees come in and we expose them to all the technologies that the firm has today. We bring them through how to use them and we bring them through their application within the business. And those trainees are already at an advantage over the cohort that didn't properly have a seat in client tech because they would be better equipped to deal with how to use that technology and the practice groups going forward. That's really interesting. I haven't heard of, of that um, trainee, uh, tr trainee training before. Um, yep. You've given lots of advice there, but if you were to give one piece of advice, um, it can be general, it can be unrelated to law and tech to students who are listening to the podcast right now, what, what would that be? Um, I think for me, uh, the advice would be embrace change. Throughout my career, I think I was always faced with change. Some of it consciously, some of it you know, out of my control, but don't be afraid of it, you know, um, embrace it, go with it. And especially early on in your career, don't be afraid to take a few risks with it because you have a primary degree under your belt. You can come back to that if you need to. But look at the application of your, your law degree or other engineering degrees in other domains. You know, bring it to bear somewhere out of, out of your comfort zone initially and take the risk and, and explore the, the merging of things. Like I've explored the merging of technology with law. You explore the merging of law with something else or engineering with something else. Take that risk and get that exposure because if you go into one industry and stay in it for your career, you're never going to kind of have a broader view. So my advice go with the change, embrace the change and force the change if you need to, because I think that's the way your experience that grows. And, you know, that's the way you mature and, and get a better, get a run at things. Yeah, it's definitely good advice. Um, and then my last question, which I hope I, you know, I hope it's not too mean and I hope you have one in mind, but if you had to give a book recommendation to students or a podcast or anything of the type, yeah. what would it be? Yeah, I think the book that I have in mind is a, it's a book called Switch. It's a, it's, a, it's a book by a guy called Chip and Dan uh, Heath, they're, they're brothers. Um, it basically walks you through why change is hard and what things you can do to accommodate that and run with it. I think I picked up that book and read it probably cover to cover, you know, in a space of a few hours because it really just resonated with me. It showed me so many things that I had gone through the hard way, but also gave me huge guidance for how to 
embrace change myself, but also bring change to a business because what I do is I change business day to day. So there's lots of great advice in there that you can apply in your own life and in your professional career. And I thought it would be a good recommendation for your listeners. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you for talking to me today about such an interesting area that I think we would never associate with law firms. So that's been very insightful. Thanks so much, Joe. Great, Isabel. You're welcome.